You know, sometimes you might begin to lose your trust or your hope in something, especially when it fails. Could you imagine being perhaps some of the, the first astronauts to be told, you're going to go up in a shuttle after you saw the Challenger or the Columbia completely obliterated and everyone die. When someone dies, it kind of takes away your trust in something. Or maybe if, if you've heard about those cars that can, you know, drive themselves, it takes that one story of somebody whose car drove right into something that an ordinary person could have avoided, but the car drove them right into it to their death. And it kind of removes your trust in it, doesn't it? Maybe if somebody popular or somebody famous would, would prove that, that you can trust something, then you would trust it, right? Well, the... One of the CEOs of the, the car company, Tesla, tried to do that when he introduced his truck and he said, this window is unbreakable, let me show you. And he proceeded to break the window. Kind of takes away your trust in something. That's maybe how Jesus' disciples felt when the one they had put all their hope in, all their trust in, the one we put our hope and our trust in, died. But what we celebrate today is we can, and they can, and all God's people can continue to forever trust and hope in him because he removes all of our fears and restores our trust in him forever. That's what we see as we look at God's word in Matthew 28. There we, we see the woman, Mary Magdalene, the other Mary, and it seems as you look at the other gospel accounts, there are at least two other women with them as well. These women were headed to the tomb to it says here to look on it, to gaze on it, and also they were to try to finish that burial procedure. And one of the things that they feared, and one of the things that probably the disciples of Jesus feared, was the earthly authorities got their way. That can kind of take the trust out of us. When, when we try to do something, but the authority steps in and the authority squashes it. Maybe in today's political climate, some of you feel that way. When authority begins to turn against things that are taught in God's word, maybe you feel like your hope is just crushed because those who have power have come and they've showed that power to silence God's people or to change the truth. I've heard a lot of you speak in ways that you're, you're frustrated by the way that the tides are turning against the Christian church so quickly. Don't you think they felt that way when the religious leaders along with the Roman authorities, had turned against Christ? Don't you think they felt that because the tide turned so fast and so powerful, there was nothing they could do because the authorities of this world had triumphed? And that's maybe some of our fears. But today we see how that fear is removed. Before he even removes the other fears, he removes the fears that the authorities somehow have control. As it says, there was a violent earthquake. Those soldiers sent to, to watch the tomb of Christ, to watch the crucified one, to make sure that nobody stole his body, felt the whole ground shake. And Matthew records that the soldiers themselves began to shake and became like dead men. They were filled with fear as they saw an angel of God come down from heaven, shining bright in glory. And the angel of God, not to let Jesus out, but to show he was not there, removed the stone and basically sent the soldiers flying later. What power does this world have? What authority can this world put on God's people and his kingdom and his church? 
One angel is able to change all of that. One of God's messengers in bright glory is able to cause this world to shake and the people of this world to shake. God will let known that he will remove and drive out every fear. And it starts here as he silences the powers of this world and the authorities of this world. And he makes clear what he has done, opens the door to see light. The women arrive later that morning also, and when they step inside the tomb and look inside, they see God removes all our fears. The angel standing inside the tomb said to the woman, Do not be afraid, for I know you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here. He has risen just as he said. Come and see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples. Here's God's plan to remove the rest of our fears. The first part, he says, is do not be afraid. God's plan is to announce to us the news that we no longer need to fear. And you might say, well, that's easier said than done. God just tells me not to be afraid. But the angel does more than simply say, do not be afraid. He gives us the reason why our fears are no longer there. I know you're looking for Jesus who was crucified. He's not here. He's risen. Just as he said. His word is kept. Perhaps our greatest fears in this life connected to death and everything else, is connected with the fact that we wonder, will God do as he said? And here, when it counted the most and when it was needed the most, the angel was able to say, he's alive, just as he said. Consider all the the promises that God has made that we fear maybe he won't keep. If he's kept this one, he's conquered death and risen to life, we know he will keep them all. If he's kept this one and was crucified just as he said, risen just as he said, all the promises of God stand. Don't be afraid. What is it that gives you fear? A lack of health, the lack of wealth, the, the power struggles of this world? Maybe it's your own mortality and the fact that we will die. But don't be afraid. The angel says it here as part of God's plan to remove your fears. He has done what he has told you. He has come, died, and rose again. And then the next part to God's plan is not just, don't be afraid. He says, come and see. God not only tells you the gospel, but he wants you to come and to see, to experience that gospel. For the woman, that meant actually seeing the place where Jesus was laid vacated because he was not there. He was alive and by faith believing his word. For you, it's to experience the word of God, to come and to see as you open up your scriptures, as you come and see and you you hear of the word divine who died and rose again. Come and see as you meditate on what God has done by his holy word, the message given to you by messengers and by his scriptures. And as you come and see, you'll find your fears will go away. And then there's a, a third part. The angel says, do not be afraid, come and see. But then he says, go quickly and tell. Tell his disciples. Tell them there they will see him. God's plan to remove your fears is not simply so that you can have your fears removed. He wants you to hear his word, do not be afraid. He wants you to come and see in his word what he has done. And then he says, quickly, go. 
go, go and tell. Don't just hold on to this fearless life, but in joy and with holy trembling at this word fulfilled, go and tell others what he has done. Says the woman hurried away from the tomb, afraid yet filled with joy, and ran to tell his disciples. Suddenly Jesus met them. The word translated here is, is greetings, but it's really literally saying rejoice. The first thing they hear him say as they're filled with fear and joy is Jesus saying to them, rejoice, greetings. And Jesus removes one more fear. We have the fear that we need to have removed as we see the world's powers crushed. We have the fear that we need to have removed as God says, do not be afraid. Whatever causes fear, his word tells us and calms our hearts, do not be afraid. And we need to come and see as we're built up in faith and we examine for ourselves and his word fulfilled. And we need to tell others. But maybe then, maybe even then, we might start to wonder, is this message for me? But the message that Jesus tells the woman for the disciples is this. The disciples who weren't there, the disciples who were still fearful, he says, go and tell my brothers. You know, this is the, the first time we see our risen Lord Jesus says it. It's the first time we see him call us brothers or sisters, if you will. Meaning we are now part of the family of God we now share in the inheritance. And no, it doesn't matter if you're like Peter who denied him or if you're like the other disciples who deserted him. It doesn't matter if you're fearful or trembling. You are called brothers as you trust in him. And Jesus became our brother as he took on flesh so that he might fulfill what was prophesied, die and rise again so that we could be brought into the family of God and so that we would see the world's powers would fall and crumble at the command and speaking of our God. And just as he said, we hear the word, do not be afraid. And we see in his word what he has done. He is alive. Our king is alive. And so we tell others. We take comfort that whatever comes, whatever we might have done, our fears are removed as the Son of God himself calls us brothers. And then one more thing, not only to remove our fears, but give us hope. There, he says, my brothers will see me. And you, brothers and sisters in Christ, will see him again. Do not be afraid. Come and see. And go and tell that many brothers and sisters might also rejoice and have all of their fears removed. Christ is alive. Amen. Amen.